0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Stuck in the Middle, TTT, Tragedy to Triumph Transformation. This is all about taking the information that we have and applying it to you in your life so that you can be buffaloes, not cowards. We want to keep it raw, real, and uncut. This is for men to improve their relationships and increasing their spiritual values. I'm Ryan Smith and I'm the host, and I'm with Bunker Weimer. Episode three, masculinity facing emotional abuse. There I was, confused and traumatized in ways I still cannot articulate. How could dad get, not get my pain? And that I am dealing with someone committed to destroy my life, just because they can i just told him that i felt like my heart was ripped out of my chest and she would not comply anyway dad asked again why are you afraid to talk to your ex just tell her you'll be at the airport to pick up your son and see if she is willing to drop him off for you to pick him up this question seemed fair enough but it burned inside. Why do I have to deal with this? Why do I have the burden of explaining myself? My my dad knew we've been fighting in court for over nine months now. He knew how my ex threw away moral standards or limitations lying in court was no problem for her as long as it helped her case. Bent on doing whatever she could to persuade the court to waive all my rights to my son and defame my character as an unfit parent. Unbelievable. How could our love come to this as arch enemies? How could my dad not see this? How was he pretending to act so rational with an irrational situation? It was here I realized. What was obvious to me was clearly a mystery to everybody else, even my dad. I wish here, this was the time I wished my ex had shot me even, axed me on the left leg, stabbed me with glass, something physical, something obvious, and just, but just as real to me and maybe even more real, more painful, if only they could see the emotional wounds. Physical pain would seem less painful than what suffering weighed and was bleeding inside of me. Explaining my pain only made it worse. Imagine yourself after a car wreck and the medic comes to you on the scene and and just brushes by you, doesn't even notice you. Desperate for help, you have to limp over to him or her and explain that your world has just been turned upside down. You're bleeding and broken everywhere. Just speaking takes enormous energy and pinches every nerve. And they look back at you like, "Uh, okay, what's the problem? You don't know if I should yell, just leave, run. I feel like hiding. Or should I explain myself? But that means taking the risk of more insult to injury. Why do I need to explain myself? Isn't it self-evident my heart is bleeding? Can't you see the terror in my eyes? The shock? They should be comforting me, yet I am confronted with their argument that I should apologize for being overly dramatic. Sound familiar? Well, if it does, you're a victim of emotional abuse. The real damage of any abuse, whether it be sexual, physical, verbal, emotional abuse, it's not what happens outside of you that hurts the most, but inside. We received a few questions on emotional abuse, and so we want to address your questions. And at the end, we will
1: especially respond to three of them. Today's podcast is to scratch some understanding on emotional abuse. We've been talking about and defining masculinity, and today's episode dives deeper. How does masculinity respond to complex and difficult issues like emotional abuse? While it is impossible to exhaust the subject of emotional abuse, we hope this is helpful. We will define emotional abuse, red flags, what to look for if you're dating, signs if you're in a relationship that could be labeled as emotional abuse, and what to do about it.
0: Welcome to the podcast. This is Into the Storm, Tragedy to Triumph Transformation.
1: We are encouraging everyone to be buffaloes and not cowards because buffaloes wisely fight into the storm, not painfully, and cows run away from the storm and extending the pain longer. Be a buffalo and face life storms head on. Not a coward.
0: This is raw, real, and rewarding for men with spiritual values emphasis, all about relationships. I'm Ryan Smith, your host and it is my privilege to be with my co-host bunker weimer this is your podcast by joining us you join the post secularism movement as vanguards combining the one religious and spiritual values with secular and scientific understanding it is time to stop operating as if one is better than the other but w- We're really just talking about the same thing, operating with one objective,
1: truth. Before we jump into it, we want to let you know of even more incredible opportunities to learn and importantly, discover healing for yourself and those you love. You can learn more at tttransformation.com and theryancsmith.com for one-on-one coaching and large-scale speaking events to transform your relationship and your life. Be part of the action.
0: Let's get into it. And I just want to say, for those that are in emotional abuse, because this topic is for you, I am specifically speaking to those that are contemplating divorce or going through a divorce uh, the second Saturday of every month, starting with January, I believe the 16th. So um, if you're interested in that, please contact me and I can let you know of our workshop.
1: Awesome. Perfect. Well, diving into it, let's begin. Emotional abuse can be incredibly damaging, increasing a person's chances of developing depression and anxiety. But these behaviors can be subtle and difficult to spot, both from within and outside of a relationship. It often makes people doubt their perception of their own mistreatment. How can we recognize these patterns in real life? Ryan and I are here to share common signs of emotional abuse so you can spot toxic relationships in yourself and others.
0: Yes. So some of these thoughts, and we want to give tribute where credit is due, comes from, and I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Von Wenfeng. And she gave some great insights, the four signs of emotional abuse. And we want to share those same signs with you. Emotional abuse is hard to spot like i said in my soliloquy there the beginning you know there was a part of me that wishes it could have been physical so that i didn't have to explain myself but emotional pain that happens within and all abuse and this is the real point of this podcast is what happens inside of you that matters and which is infinitely more difficult to discover and to explain. And so we, I really, I, let me be honest. This is the podcast I wish I would have heard when I was going through my things. And so we want to set you up in ways that maybe we weren't or that I wasn't. And no, we, we both have been in this experience. And so this is discovering the secrets to navigating this, this terrain as a real man in your masculine energy. So we're all relationship beings, right? And we desire and even need love. But love at any price, any circumstance, any relationship, that's when it becomes too expensive. How do you know when you've sacrificed too much for love and desire? That's what this is about. We share these thoughts so you will not fall down the slippery slide, la 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 la, the slippery slide of emotional abuse. We don't want you to be overly afraid of rejection, such as losing your job, losing face, or anything else like that. Emotional abuse victims often suffer from depression and anxiety for decades even after the relationship is cut off. And that's a tragedy. This hopefully is so that you can curtail time if this has happened to you or someone that you love. Because the real damage of emotional abuse is within, not without, which is the main point of today. Emotional abuse is about a choice and the meaning we place to that choice.
1: Abuse equals control of another undermining their sense of self-worth and their agency. Emotional abusive behavior can be subtle and difficult to spot both within and without the relationship. This is because emotional abuse creates power imbalances where care, safety, and trust should be guaranteed. The relationship with caregiver and child, healthcare provider and patient, teacher and student, intimate partners, boss and employee, and etc. It is hard because it makes... People doubt their perceptions, thoughts, and feelings about the mistreatment. It is important to note that abuse is unjustified behavior. Nobody deserves to be abused ever.
0: Yes, and we will come back to that point. But I just want to give a shout out. Thank you, Bunker. Like, like, even, like, it's hard because people's people's choices do influence other people's choices. But if there is abuse involved even if you provoked something that you know name calling and they're degrading you and you provoked that that that's their choice to retaliate on you and that is that's unjustified and that's never acceptable yeah. so so this is these are the 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 four signs the common signs in emotional abuse. So you can know if this is happening to you, if you are a real, if you can wear the t shirt, as they say, which maybe hopefully I'm not uh, minimizing this, but it's important to know that if you're a victim of emotional abuse, that that's what's happened to you because it is hard to spot. So here we're going to try to break it down even more. So the first thing is the content and the words. So criticism that is out of proportional to the situation that is excessively harsh, personal, sweeping generalizations, baseless negative predictions of the future, these are all abusive. And these are the warning signs. They can sound like this. You always make stupid decisions. You never do anything right. Nobody will ever love you like I do. All of these are not constructive and never warranted. If this happens, this is a red flag and this is unacceptable. So the that's, second, the, that's the first one. Now, Now we're going to go to the second one.
1: Perfect. The second one is tones and nonverbal cues, which I think is one of the hardest things for people to keep control over. Sometimes you hear people say the right thing in the wrong way. So tones and nonverbal cues would count as yelling, ignoring, showing contempt through body language. These are all used to degrade someone. Dismissing behaviors like eye rolling, glaring, or refusal to make eye contact, refusing to speak or acknowledge their presence, sometimes called the silent treatment. These are, can all be emotional abuse patterns. These behaviors can painfully transform the meaning of spoken statements that can otherwise seem benign. Body language is huge. Body language has been argued to account for more of what is communicated than the actual words. For example, I love you, but roll your eyes as you do that. This is a whole different message.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. That second point here. This is why it's hard to, to spot is it's maybe easy to like argue with what someone said because that's a concrete thing you can record it but the body language that's way that's very subtle but that really is a lot of communication and so you know a lot of you know when i was learning about schizophrenia and what what were some of the causes for that they talked about the situation where a caregiver might pick up their child from school and say to their child, Oh, good to see you, child, son, daughter, give, give your mom or dad a hug. But as they do it, they they the emotion the body language set is rigid and uninviting and is like a cold fish or something. And and so the body language is communicating, do not hug me. But their words are saying come and give me a hug. And so the child is caught in the middle and there's no way for them to win. They can't uh, honor their parent because if they do give a hug, then the, the parent, you know, shrieks or, you know, brushes them off. But if they don't do it, then the parent says, what, you don't want to give your, your, your dad a hug or something like that? And then, the, so they can't win and they're caught in the middle. So that, that's a, a form of emotional abuse. And it's hard to spot, but this is when this is where it gets hard. So hopefully, that makes sense. That the the process, what's really communicated, and what's said with the words are, could be two different messages, and that's important to pick up.
1: I couldn't agree more. One thing that I thought about while you were talking was I had a professor in college who was a body language expert. And she would always say that words can be misleading, but the body never lies because mm-hmm. we have nonverbal cues that are always true to how we feel, even though we can say things that are counterintuitive to what we're, we're actually feeling. And I've always kept that in mind. And you can see it all around you as you as you keep an eye out for it. It seems pretty obvious the more and more you go on.
0: What about a good liar? Does their body still communicate their inner intentions?
1: Yes. So that's harder for, I think, just like people that are just average, like me and you to figure out, but she worked for the FBI for a while as a profiler. So she definitely saw all the different good and bad things that people would do that were very subtle. And she would share some of those things with us that I thought were pretty interesting, but I, I don't remember. Yet. It was just a couple of years ago.
0: Wow. So basically the body really never lies. Even a a pawn artist that's been practicing that for years, there's a really good trained eye can pick
1: up on when they're really lying. Yeah. That's why Dr. John Gottman, is his name John? I know it's Gottman. Yes, Yes. (laughs) He, John and Julie Gottman, John and Julie Gottman. When they interview people, they will put, they have sensors underneath the couches that they sit on. Because there's ever so slight movements in body language when certain topics get brought up that might not be visible to the eye, but the sensors can pick up the shift of weight <laughs> away from each other towards each other. Sometimes they're visible, sometimes they're not. They also have monitors attached where they can track their vitals. And sometimes people look very cool as a cucumber, but inside their heart's racing, their blood's boiling. And yeah. I've always thought that was really interesting too, to really get to the, the bottom of things very quickly.
0: Yes, and for another episode, we will get into speaking the language you know of your spouse you know of your partner and I call it you know how how fluent are you at m- m- manies womanies, or uh, your, your, your woman slater your or your your manslater so that is a whole another topic for another day, but body language is really important uh, and picking up on that um and and children, they may not be able to articulate it, but they pick up on that just probably even more than maybe even the content. So that's that's the second thing to look for. The third thing, the, four, the third sign of emotional abuse is how someone reacts to being told is, is their reaction. So when you talk to someone and you say, hey, look, that was unkind, I, I feel violated here. How do they respond to that? This is a this is a real good sign to see if this is a toxic relationship or not, um, because it provides important insight. Do they do they apologize sincerely and truly make efforts to act differently in the future, or do they justify and dismiss the pain that they caused you? Do they settle on something else? or ignore this situation altogether? Basically, do they take a lack of responsibility for their behavior? If so, that is also another sign of emotional abuse.
1: And Ryan, if you'd like, I have a little story, personal example that goes along with that. Let's hear it. As you were talking about that, it made me reflect on uh, a girl that I dated right after I mission. So I was about 21. And now a disclaimer, we were both young. We were both emotionally immature in many ways. But one thing that stuck out to me that was a great learning lesson for me was this very much this red flag. And I'm not trying to call her out because I don't think she's a bad person. But at the, as she didn't necessarily do this very well because there were some things that had happened where I was hurt. And when I went to address them with her at a later time, I felt like things would cool down. I uh, tried to bring it up in the most subtle way, non-aggressive. I use a lot of I statements instead of attacking verbiage. And it didn't work very well. And I was trying to express my deep feelings of love and care that I had towards her. And it's it's almost like it didn't register. All she could see was that her own pain, her own frustration or, or the the problems that i was placing on her because she, she, i don't think she felt very comfortable knowing that she had hurt me which is fine because i think there's at times all of us are going to be the emotional abuser and we're all going to be on the receiving end of emotional abuse but that was a very hard thing for me to reconcile just because i didn't know what to do or where to go and by the end of the conversation it felt like it was all my fault even though because she she
0: had done what again
1: so That's it funny. was uh, actually my birthday and she was debating whether she wanted to go on a mission or not. If I was, there was a lot of different moving pieces. So we had talked about marriage and she would come to me and said, Hey, I think I'd like to get married. And I was like, I would too, but I know you're also thinking about going on a mission. And I didn't want to be the, I didn't want to make that choice for her. So I was very hands off and it just ended up this big emotional roller coaster on and off. And just along the journey, I became the collateral damage. And it was very challenging for me because I respected it and cared and loved her a lot. I didn't want to put her in a position where she felt like she was hurting me. But at a certain point, I felt like I needed to stand up for myself. And as I did stand up for myself, I did it the best way I knew how. But I felt like it got turned back on me. And I remember since... She started
0: blaming you for asking questions about her life decisions, if she's going to go back exactly. or whatever. So we were in a
1: car ride together and it was my birthday. And she said, I know how much you like to talk. So for your birthday, I'd like just to give you the opportunity to like talk and ask me anything you want. And I said, okay, <laughs> <This is exactly laughs> how I feel. And I, I really didn't attack her though. I just said, this has been really hard for me, like not knowing where you're going. And I was like, and I know, I know you don't mean to, but this is how I feel. Based off what's happened, and she was very upset with me. Ended up making me get out of the car, and I think I had to walk home <laughs> like two miles in the winter on my birthday. <laughs> and I didn't see her for a couple of weeks. Anyways, it's just it it can be very hard. So I guess I'm trying to empathize with the listeners in a sense of sometimes we go through emotional abuse that we don't even realize it at the time. And I think that was my case. Like as I was walking back through the snow, I was kind of in this whirlwind of what just happened, like. I wasn't upset, but I, I was like, this is, was about me. This was my moment to just feel heard, feel understood. And I didn't get it. And now I'm the bad guy. And I'm not really sure why I'm the bad guy. Cause I don't feel like I'm the bad guy. <laughs> it's definitely, there was a lot of confusion, but as we were going over this third point, that was a story that came to mind. And I thought that was a good story to illustrate an example of someone, how they react to being told that, Hey, you hurt me. And to see how they respond to that.
0: Yeah. So. You you said, hey, my feelings. You're in you're indec-
1: indecisiveness
0: indecisiveness. Thank you, is making me feel like maybe do you care about me because we're kind of maybe moving towards marriage, but I know you're wanting to do your mission, so I'm wanting to respect that. And you're basically you you're tr- you're treading lightly, and but it you're basically saying, hey. Can you be more sensitive to my feelings and, and opposed to being more sensitive, she was more hurt and more uh, felt like you were victimizing her and therefore she sent you out to walk in the cold (laughs) and she was not taking responsibility and and saying, look, I'm sorry for how my indecisiveness is making you feel. And I really do care about you, but I, this is what I'm going through or something like that. She did not navigate it in a way that made you feel loved. It is the opposite.
1: Absolutely. And to me, that's a textbook example of gaslighting, which we're going to talk about here in a second, but I feel like that's become a more and more common term, and it's become more and more recognized. And I think the idea is that we can give a message of hope to people who are in the situation, or if you recognize that you're the people that put other people in the situation, that there's good that can come from all these experiences, and you can come out on top.